0: Right, we are in James chapter 2. I want to talk to you this morning. I'm not really trying to preach this morning. I need to teach this. Is that alright? Because I want to talk about something this morning. If the Lord makes me preach, we're going to say, Favoritism ain't fair. Favor is. Favoritism ain't fair. Favor is. But I want to teach about racism in the church. Hmm. Let me say that when we think about the attributes of God, we, we think about what God is like, we, his characteristics, the elements of his nature and what makes up his person. We think of holiness. We think of justice, wisdom, omnipotence, omniscient, his omnipresence. We think about his immutability. That, that, that means that he doesn't change. We think about how he's an eternal God. We might think about how he's a sovereign God. We might say he's a loving God. He's a God full of grace. He's a God full of mercy. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. But there's something that we don't talk about a lot, and that is he is an impartial God. He is impartial. That means he's absolutely impartial with dealing with us, not like we are. We tend to put people in categories, either higher or lower or somewhere in between. We, if, if they look good, if they don't look good, if they got money, if they don't got money, what car they drive, what house they live in, what neighborhood they come from, outward person, personality, all those things. But with that, with God, they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. We we might think about a person's education, their college degrees, uh, you know, all these other things, and whether they were a dropout, whether they come from the ghetto, whether they live in the suburbs. With God, God doesn't care about any of those things. Whether you drive a Hyundai, whether you drive a Bentley, whether you drive a Porsche, or whether you ride a bike, God doesn't think about any of those. things things. The Bible says that we brought nothing in this world and it is for certain we're not taking nothing out. I want you to think about in your mind your bank account. Think about your bank account. Think about your savings. Think think about your lack of. Think about about all the stuff you got. Just close your eyes and think of that wonderful car you drive or lack of. Think, Think about all of that. And then in a moment, just think about it. You're not here anymore. If you die tonight, Bank of America is not going with you. And I don't care how you try to hide the access passcode and numbers, your family and friends will be fighting over that routing number. Y'all not going to help me. I'm not going to preach. In 2 Chronicles 19.7, it says that there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect to persons. In Deuteronomy 10.17, it says, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and an awesome God. Let me read it again. For for the Lord your God is the God of gods and lords of lords, a great God, a mighty God, an awesome God, who regards not persons. When Moses wants to say that God is a God of gods and Lord of lords and a God who is a great and mighty and awesome, he says that God has no respect of person. Meaning that that, that the same God that was God for Paul is the same God that's God for Andre. The, the, you know, In Malachi 2.9, the scripture says, I also made you contemptible and base before all the people because you have not kept my ways, but you have been partial. God says here, I judged you because of your partiality. Because you had a respect of persons. Leviticus 19, he says, I want you to understand this attribute of God and, and understanding it, I want you to see how it operates in our lives. He says this, here there are many laws given, regulations for behavior in, in Leviticus 19. There's more laws. We talked about that somewhat in Bible study, right? He's going to mess with us. It's all going to tie together. He says this, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the persons of the poor nor honor the persons of the mighty. But in righteousness thou shall judge your neighbor. In other words, when you're dealing with truth and justice, you don't take thought to a person's wealth or lack of. Now we understand and we see this operate in our communities because at a time, let me just bring it back to the 80s, we was trying to figure out how it is that a young black man could do seven to 10 years for a gram of crack cocaine but on the same side of powder, y'all not gonna say nothing, I'm trying to help you, that our our Caucasian brothers would not do time at all for a gram of powder, why (laughs) y'all? Because the laws were governed toward poverty. Yeah. Somebody say discrimination. I, I don't really have to dig that deep because we understand what it means to be discriminated upon. We we have dealt with it for most of our lives. But then we we, we and we love to think that we are not a racist people. We we, we like to think that you know that you know you the old saying you know I got some I got some white friends. I got, I got some, I got some black friends. I know y'all saying, why is he dealing with this in the pulpit? Cause truth will set you free. Cause I'm about to mess with you. Cause I know, I know most of the people sitting in this room don't think they're racist. Tap your neighbor. And say, I know you think you ain't. Mm. Let me give you the definition of racism. It is prejudice, right? It doesn't have to just be with skin color. It's prejudice, it's discrimination. Directed against a person or people based on their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, but also typically one that is of a minority or marginalized. It is also the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another so whenever you think you're bigger than better than and when god was dealing with me with this he lets us see something let me let me let me let me just let me just go let me see i, I know i wrote it down okay here we go when we looked at James when we started in chapter 1, right, we said basically that this epistle is intended to lay out a series of tests, right? As you look at it, it's a series of tests for living faith, faith in action. And James wants us to examine ourselves to see if we're for real, if we're real Christians, right? We talk, preached that last week, are you the real thing, 100%. He wants us to examine to see if we are genuinely saved, really redeemed, for real born again. If the life of God really beats in us. So he's given, James has given us a series of tests to determine whether or not we're real. The first test was how we respond to trials. And that'll show you if your faith is real. The second one was how we respond to temptation right the third test was how we react to the word of God remember we look at the perfect law of liberty and then we get mad if the scripture the, the preacher's talking to us the word is hitting us the word is supposed to hit you if the word is not hitting you you ain't saved it's supposed to find you somewhere so it's a test and then here's the fourth test are we partial do we show favoritism are we do we get mad when other people want to come in our church? The church is supposed to be an organism made up of many different nations. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as the black church. There should be no such thing as the white church. So we, we do church like we do restaurants because we have our particular thing that we like. And if you didn't sing, if you didn't see a choir, if you didn't jump, if you didn't run, then you wasn't in the black church. And then when you look on Facebook and you see the white church doing what the black church do, you say they having church and they must have some black people up in. Y'all not going to help me up in here. No, they don't. That's a racist statement. Because everybody steals, and it doesn't matter if you're black or white. You get in the right predicament. Matter of fact, David stole. So let's just clear this up because we're going to find you. So let's walk through it, and I'm, I'm going to get out your way. He says, my brother, in chapter 2, verse 1, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. Because if there's comes somebody in your assembly with a gold ring and godly apparel, and there comes a man also with poor raiment, and you have respect to the one wearing the gay clothing, and say, sit here in a good place, and to the poor, stand here, or sit under my feet, then you are partial in yourselves, and you have become judges with evil thoughts. There are two adversaries going on. Two, two adversaries at law with each other they're at fighting with this the one that looks in the good clothing and the one that's dressed in the vile raiment. he uses the, the, the picture of clothing because it is very important a ring you remember the song the story of the prodigal son where the father gave him the ring because the ring represents power it represents authority. And the clothing represents position. So there are certain things that you wear or you wore that showed your status in society. Uh huh, And he's saying if somebody comes in here and they're smelling like alcohol and they look like a bum and and they don't look all fresh and they ain't smelling like, you know, whatever cologne you like or whatever perfume you like. And you say you need to sit in the back. But then somebody comes in here looking like they got it going on and you put them at the front, then you are. (laughs) racist. Let me just make it real plain. You are partial in your thoughts because you are judging what you don't know. You're judging what you don't know. You're judging based on the appearance or on what it looks like. How many times have you been fooled by what it looks like? See God looks at the heart We look at the outward So some some guy He done rented a car He done come pick you up He looking fresh He got the gold on He's smelling good You don't know He rented all that But he's actually a bum Y'all not going to say nothing Now you go out on a date with him And you get tricked Because you done fell in love With the rented car And the, <laughs> y'all not going to help me but, but you judged wrong Because God looks at the heart <laughs> (laughs) See, that's why some of of y'all got that done to you. They judged you before God was through with you. And they thought you wasn't going to be where you are right now. But fooled you. Look, you were partial. This is God's house and we don't determine who comes in it. And it's always about where you want to sit. That's why I'm very careful. I'll go into a sanctuary or go into a place. I'm not running to go sit up on the pulpit. Matter of fact, I don't like sitting up in no altar. I don't want to be sitting up in the pulpit. I'll sit in the back i get my praise on in the back. You ain't got to know that I'm pastor so-and-so, that I'm prophet so-and-so, that I'm this. I, you don't need to know that because when God come back, he ain't coming back for a title. Y'all not going to say nothing. He's he, he not coming back for a title. So, but a lot of people, they want to come in and they want to be recognized. Y'all not going to say nothing. They come in and they want to look important. They got 50 people carrying their books and don't know one scripture. Can I go ahead and mess with you? They got, you know, they got the entourage and they ain't got nothing. Going on nowhere. way They stay renting an apartment But they got an entourage Y'all not gonna say nothing I'm trying to And we see them And they're like Oh we got to they trick you. Them church folk Will trick you they got it they got an outfit for you you understand and I, I love the analogy like I could put a robe on just because I put a robe on doesn't make me anointed I want you to understand the robe is not anointed the anointing is on the inside it's, it has nothing to do with what I put on on the outside I'm anointed in a pair of jeans I'm anointed in a suit I'm anointed wherever yeah I'm anointed but naked I'm trying to help you y'all better help me so you got to understand that you can't dress up to look like you Saved, and there are a lot of people looking like they saved, but they are not. So he said, "Don't, don't judge, don't do that, don't, 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 don't count them out, because God chooses the foolish things." And don't let me get ahead of myself. I'm almost done. He says, "Hearken, my beloved brother, have not God chosen the poor of this world?" to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised them that love him but you despise the poor and don't the rich man oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat and blaspheme the name by which you were called he said listen God. here's, here's the thing God chose the poor to be rich in faith you and I know that Money will mess you up. This is what the scripture means when he talks about it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Because when you got it going on, you don't really think you need God. There's nothing that'll make you pray like a struggle. There's there's nothing that'll put you in that prayer closet. Like like them going ahead and talking about they handing out, you know, we about to let go half of the department. You will go into prayer and fasting. Let you get a diagnosis from a doctor. You will have the whole world praying for you. But when you got everything going on, you, you're like, uh oh. Everything good, I don't really, you don't press in like you would press in. And that's why God, he, he 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 loves looking at them. That's why Jesus always messed with the poor, because they knew they had a need. And then he said, look, you are showing favoritism to rich people who oppress you. You, you you like the ones and, and, and rich people know, let me help you, not all rich people, I'm just helping you, that they will take you to court in a minute. Rich people know how to use the law. Yeah. You understand? You say something wrong, they know they got a case. So they they'll drag you into court in a heartbeat. And then oppress you. They call them slum lords. You ain't gonna help me. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and do all kind of stuff to keep you bound down. But but you gotta have faith. And when you're dealing with stuff, you gotta have faith. So God is saying don't 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 mess it up. God chose the poor. And it's not that the rich aren't included either. So don't get that messed up. But he's saying when you when you're in a place to where you feel lower than another class, then you always seem to have the uh, the the propensity to push up. Y'all better help me to push up the one that has the wealth because yeah, 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 yeah. we think we're gonna get some from. So you want to be, be nice to me because you, you think I got it going on. That's why people don't tell you they win the lottery. That's saints. I'm talking about the saints in here that <laughs> won to scratch off. <laughs> and want to know, do I tithe off the scratch off? Y'all not <laughs> Kelly, tell me, do you tie off the scratch off? Hey Amen, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but when we think we can get something out of somebody, then we have favoritism. We don't treat the the homeless person with the same type of respect that we treat the one who we think is the businessman. Because we know we think the businessman can open a door for us. We don't think that the poor man can open a door for us. But God's saying the door is already open for the poor man. And the door may be. (laughs) And so now he says this and I'm going to lose all of the church on this. If you fulfill the royal law according to scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself you do well that's the royal law that's the the law that's that's the law that even though Jesus died to fulfill the law we still gotta love (laughs) y'all follow me (laughs) you follow me I just had to throw that in there so (laughs) the royal law love your neighbor as yourself how many people love themselves Amen. I know you do because you came to church this morning. You you love God. You love yourself. It was hard, but you love yourself. And and that's easy to do. You woke up. You brushed your teeth. You love yourself. You, you made sure everything matched to the best of your ability. You love yourself. You drove according to the speed limit because you love yourself. You ain't trying to die. You, you love yourself. You spent $300 on a hairdo because you love yourself. I huh you you love yourself and and the thing is that's good because I'm giving out me yeah. I love some me yeah a, y'all know I'm setting you up right <laughs> I, I love some me I'm gonna I'm, I'm eating because I love me I like shrimp and good food and i I love me yeah. right and that's, that's easy to do. I, I could be partial with me. I know I'm crazy. I know I mess up. I know I don't always get it right. I know I'm a mess. But I still love me. (laughs) You know, sometimes I get on my own nerves. Do you know that sometimes I get on my own nerves that I just look in the mirror and say, Dre, why would you do that? You are not acting right, right about now. I get mad at the man in the mirror. But guess what? I still love me. I can love me. Somebody say, I can love me. The problem I have is loving you. Because if I got to love you like I love me, that means I got to look at you and know you a mess and still love you. I got to look at you even though you didn't brush your teeth and still love you. I got to, y'all better help me. I got to love you like I love me. Truth be told, we we're in a wonderful church, but we're just working on the we're working on the tolerance of being around each other for too long. Y'all understand? <laughs> we we got our selected love your neighbor. Because I could love you if we rock together. Yeah, I love you. I'm doing it, Pastor. No, no. You got to find somebody that you really, 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 really can't stand. I'm not going to tell you to look at them right now. I'm not even going to tell you to go sit next to the person you really, really, really can't stand because they're probably not here today. But I'm, I'm just going to challenge you. That's the royal law. But if you have respect to persons, (laughs) you can't pick and choose. We are all made in his image. We are all in process. We are all not the same that we were yesterday. Do you have enough faith for your brother or your sister that you can look through the eyes of Jesus and love them even though you don't like them. Because the royal law has nothing to do with like. Amen. Right, right. Exactly. Like your neighbor, like you like yourself. No. Love is patient, kind. Yeah. Thinks no evil, does no. I got to give that agape to my neighbor. And I can only do it if I love God first and love myself. Could it be the reason why we don't love each other is because we really don't love ourselves? We don't want to say it because that doesn't sound good. But when you don't love your neighbor, you are in fact saying you don't love yourself. Look what he says. Verse 9, if you respect person, you commit sin, you are convinced of the law as a transgression. For whoever shall keep the whole law and offend in one point is guilty of all. For he that said do not commit adultery also said you should not kill. And if you commit no adultery, yet you killed and you are a transgressor of the whole law. We talked about that Thursday night. Bible study was really, really good. But you got to understand this. We we mess up. If, If you say you're perfect then you are already in trouble. Because when God looks at sin, he doesn't just look at the act of. He looks at the thought of. That, that you just think it. And then you got to say, Lord, I rebuke you. Satan, I rebuke you, God, in the name, forgive me. You got to, That's constant. that's That's all day long. And then sometimes we don't even know we offended somebody else by just what we said. And then we never go back and say, you know what, I, I apologize if that offended you. They, they don't even like you no more. And then you try to come together and they say, you know what, that time you said so-and-so and you never knew you offended them. But that person could be so offended that they don't even want nothing to do with church anymore because of how you said something. That's why he told us to watch our tongue. We are all a mess. And I don't care what part of the law you keep because you broke something else, but we come, we are judged because we, we are, we are so hypocritical in the church. This thing, I'm passionate about this thing because it pisses me off. We are so, because uh, I've seen it all. We we are so hypocritical in the church. We got categories that we will put people in because okay, it's okay. I can I can forgive my pastor because he cuss, all right? Because he say hell every now and again. I could pray for him, God. Y'all praying for me? But let me do something other than cuss. Then I go in another box. That's why we can't get free because you are afraid to tell your real testimony because people will judge you. Oh, I, can, I, can, I can be around a cusser, but if you a liar then, then well you come on you're a hypocrite. it's the same thing that happens in prison. It's like it's like convicts who got codes like y'all all in jail but because he messed with a kid you want to kill him. Y'all are not going to help me because we put people in categories and we are all wretched. We are all sinners. We've all fallen short. We all need to confess. We all need God. As long as you are here, you are not perfect. There was only one perfect and I'll see Jesus sitting up in this church. So we can't judge. Now listen, it doesn't give us right to sin because we are in process. And I ask God to help me to stop doing the things that I know he don't like me doing because I love him. And the reason he doesn't want me to do it is because he loves me. It's relationship. My wife knows what I like to eat. She knows what I don't like to eat. Now, there are times she's going to make me eat what I don't like to eat because she loves me. But she ain't going to keep giving me what I don't like because I'm going to stop eating. But we are in relationship. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. So when you're in relationship with God, you want to give him what he likes. You know he don't like sin. But he don't cut you off because of it. Okay. So if we can't keep the whole law and we agree on that, then we can't pick and choose. That's all I'm trying to tell you. Mm, The church is a hospital for broken people. And I tell you that time and time again, he got a broken pastor preaching to y'all brokenness. Which means I am a little bit more put together than you, but we're broke still nonetheless. <laughs> Amen. But I can't be fixed without you. Right. Right. And you can't be fixed without me. Yeah. I love that back there. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Get the bathroom blessing. <laughs> Mess with you. We hear you. Amen. Hallelujah. That bathroom ain't that big. Just don't start shouting. Amen. So listen. <laughs> okay. Let, let me bring this up. Bring this to a close. This is kind of quick. I was gonna be here pretty long, but I just want you to understand: we we gotta stop being. We can't be racist in the church. We cannot base our praise and our worship in who could. That was the whole thing about the Jews and the Gentiles. They were they didn't want the Gentiles in, and if anything, we shouldn't even be in. We've been grafted in. Yeah. That that's that's a that's enough to preach about and shout about all by itself. It's like, let me just make it real simple that a child can understand it. We were not even being thought of as having entrance into heaven. Gentiles. God's only covenant and responsibility was to his chosen people, the Jews. Even though. They kept denying and going and doing all kind of crazy stuff. He still stays true to his covenant. Jews don't, some Jews don't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And they are still his chosen people. And then he says this, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pull these jokers in that wasn't even supposed to be in. Who are the heathen nation. And I'm going to make them a people. He didn't say they would become a people. He said I'm going to make them a people. Who were not a people. So why would God. Base us getting in. On what we do. Or what we don't do. When we didn't want nothing to do with them. In the first place. We didn't even ask to get pulled in. We just here to make them mad. So he says, so speak and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Now watch this. Watch this. For he shall have judgment without mercy that shows no mercy. And mercy rejoice against judgment. He said, don't be partial about what you see. Don't put the rich man up don't put the poor man down. Don't put the black man up. Don't put the b- white man down. Don't put the class, don't judge by what you see. You look at a man, God sees the man's heart and he sees what he is and he knows what he's going to make him. So we don't judge anybody. Don't judge nobody's praise. Don't judge nobody's hand clap. Don't judge nobody, y'all not gonna help me. Don't do any of that. Just, just let your stuff be true. Focus on you and stop judging other people. That's why we have to come in here no matter what we see in the seats if it's just one don't judge what you see in the atmosphere because God is not uh, concerned about who's here who's not here he's just concerned about getting his glory don't judge Y'all better help me so he says don't be partial and he says listen the law when it comes to the law just know that you are in need of grace that nobody is perfect that we do not keep Oh, Jesus, that we all need forgiveness, that we all need grace, that we all need mercy, that we all need love, that if it had not been for Jesus who was on our side, we'd all be lost. So he says, don't try to bring up law and try to keep a bunch of regulations. Don't try to make people do all kind of stuff so that they could keep the law because that ain't going to work because he died so that we could be free from the law, but we could still grab the benefits of the law. He died so we could be free from the conditions and the judgment of the law, but not so that we did not fulfill the law. Y'all better help me. And so he says, so speak and do as you shall be judged by the law of liberty. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be judged by any law. But I I don't even want to. Because if I was judged by the law, then I'm going to jail. If I'm judged by the law, I'm going to hell. If I'm judged by the law, I have no hope. But he says be judged by the law of liberty, which means there's a law and there's a freedom. I talked about that last week. And so what we are seeing here is a court case we are seeing a trial and what god is saying who do you want to be in this trial he said if you if you don't show mercy then you ain't gonna get mercy if you want to go by law and regulations and what you want to do and and be partial then that's what you're gonna be judged by because as you judge so shall you be judged and if you don't show mercy see it's funny when you mess up you want mercy but when somebody else mess up you want judgment you cannot have it both ways when David when I get it wrong you want to go ahead and judge me but when you mess up you don't want to say nothing about it you want mercy Uh, let me help you I want mercy so I got to give mercy i can't judge because i with that i judge it's the same measure that's going to be judged back to me so he says mercy rejoice against judgment you got in court you got on trial our deeds but you have judgment and then you have mercy and what he's saying is mercy rejoices against judgment i'm trying to help you favoritism ain't fair favor is favor will put you in a place that you don't deserve to be but it is because of his mercy his mercy and his grace shall follow me all the days of my life so when i go to court i don't go by myself i go with mercy And when I go to the judgment seat of Christ, I don't go by myself. I go with mercy. And in case you didn't know who mercy was, mercy is Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that stands as my eternity when the enemy wants to bring judgment up against me. I got anybody in here that can rejoice because of mercy then stop judging the homeless person cause it's his mercy you don't know where that person gonna be in tomorrow cause God is working on somebody but thank God that you are not where you used to be thank God that you are not what you used to be but it is because of his mercy so I give God praise for his mercy mercy is me not getting what I deserve tap your neighbor and say you know you deserve a whooping but God in Instead gave you a blessing don't tell me God always judges us according to what we did because if I got judged by what I did but it is the goodness of god that leads me to repentance it is the goodness of god it is the fact that he did not give me what i deserve so i will rejoice in the lord always because i know if it had not been for the lord who was on my side tap your neighbor say neighbor stop acting all stuck up stop acting like you perfect you know you're a mess but there is a message in that mess i thank god that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all i can ask or think even when i fall i get back up even when i so i'm not a racist Kill that racist spirit. Kill that racist spirit. I ain't saying it don't exist. Just don't let it exist in you. You can't send every white person to hell because you was a slave. Y'all not going to say nothing. If Jesus died to set you free, then you're free. Can you forgive? We've seen that all in the news where they put that man up there on trial. And they said, no, we're not going to give him the death penalty." penalty. The family's like, no, we want him to die Now, I'm not gonna say nothing But I've been in that situation Where I had to sit in the trial And look at the man who murdered my brother And have to say, you know what, I forgive him When everybody in the courtroom Was ready to put him in the ground Y'all not gonna say nothing But I am gonna say this If it was not for the mercy of God What if you was on the other side of that So yeah, there are some people That are mad and upset That he didn't get the death penalty But I bet you he family was rejoicing that mercy stood up in face of judgment Let somebody mess with your kids. That's why you got to give God praise every chance you get. Because you don't know what's going to happen the next hour. Let somebody mess with your kids. You could be in jail for homicide. One, y'all not going to help me. And when you get before the judge, do you want mercy or judgment? That's what you... Jesus died on the cross he died so judgment could stand back he died mercy on that cross so that we could be in his kingdom there is absolutely nothing that you can do to stop from entering into that kingdom Not one thing except the sin of blasphemy. Except denying the power of the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says our lives are hid in him. Our lives are hid in Christ. Which means when the devil's fighting you, He ain't fighting the real you. Because he can't even see you. Because you're hidden Christ. We can't die because we already hidden Christ. If Jesus didn't resurrect, then we'd die. But since Jesus can't die, neither can I. You can't snatch nothing out of Christ's seat that he already paid for. That's double jeopardy. If he already died for my sin, you can't charge my sin. I'm not going on trial twice for the same thing. Our transformation On earth, I'm going to say this and close. Our, Our redeemed transformation on earth has nothing to do with our access into heaven. Our transformation on earth has everything to do with heaven's access on earth. Because when I surrender, his will can be done on earth. It's already done in heaven. Heaven is a finished work.